0: Well, 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 wrestling fans, podcast fans, if you would like to help out Tights and Fights, we need you to go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review like Anthony2069 did. He says, listening to Tights and Fights is like having cookie dreams on Ice Cream Christmas. And what... Is sweeter than that.
1: Nothing. Nothing at all. There's nothing.
0: Rate us. Review us. Give us stars. Give us nice words. And we'll bring you more podcasts. Thank you.
2: Yay! Titan Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast.
1: something on the something podcast there's it, this one really doesn't lend itself to a lot of podcast you guys don't 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 podcast dun, podcast we usually dun, don't dun, even podcast. we usually don't even
0: try with the words though so that that's already ambitious <laughs> what, you, what you did there like making it two lines of
1: words we don't do that welcome to diets and fights i'm the only person who can do that i'm the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves happy pride month i'm the dirtiest player in the game thick flair Danielle Radford. Wow. I am. Jo- yeah. Is that spelled with two C's? Oh of course it's spelled with two C's. I just
0: wanted the listeners to know.
1: <laughs> Julian knows what's up. <laughs> you know that's spelled with two C's. I am joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation Big <laughs> E. <Mike> ah, <Eagle. laughs>
0: That is a stretch.
1: <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I'm so proud of this. And our special guest, the crooked comic booker, Aubrey Sitterson. Welcome oh, to the Thank you for
3: having me. Aubrey Sitterson was sitting right there. Oh. He was sitting
1: right there, and nobody grabbed it. No, well, we sure didn't. Yeah,
3: we can fix it in post. We have failed.
1: Fix it in post. Well, while you are here, you are new to the Nation of Conversation. I am. I'm excited um, to be here. Where might they know you from?
0: Well, oh, just, just, I'm going to say, he... He might be new to our nation of conversation. Yeah. But he's an OG wrestling Uh-oh. conversationalist.
4: Uh, 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 OG? But still, but still
0: very young and right. handsome. Of
4: course. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Of okay. course. And this is,
3: a, this is an audio
4: medium, so I want to get that out there. Still very fresh-faced.
0: <laughs> Fre- a fresh-faced OG. But um, you had a wrestling podcast for quite some time. You only recently ended it. Yeah,
3: earlier this year. I did it for four years mm. weekly. It's
0: called Straight Shoot. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first ones that I was really aware of that was like a fan-made well, wrestling thanks, podcast. That's cool. That's, yeah. a,
3: that's a cool distinction. Yeah. We um, started off covering just Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. and WWE stuff and then kind of branched out into indie stuff and New Japan. And um, yeah, um, some of my favorite stuff we did was uh, old, we had retro episodes and we were just, okay. we were powering through all of the WWE or WWF and WCW, JCP, NWA pay per views in order. Wow. And um it was kind of rough going oh,
4: for a little that's, while. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: we made it like just into the nineties. So yeah, some we of the some of the early nineties stuff gets,
4: yeah, it gets dicey.
1: Rough. There yeah. are some rough patches. Yeah. And like that the, water is not a smooth statement.
3: No, and like the eighties the stuff can be rough too, just cause the production values aren't what we're right. used to, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is before Saturday night's main event when like everything changed about how things were filmed. It's before attention spans were a thing. (laughs) Right, and it's also
1: one of those things where it's like when you go back those tropes are already tropes Mm -hmm. and so it's hard to now go back and sometimes be like, Oh, this is where it came from, and look at it in an interested historical sense, right. yeah. instead of just being like, "Well, what's so special about this? This is like barely anything." It's like, <laughs> oh no, you don't understand that. Like this was Arr!
0: right, but this was the I, first yeah. match where there was a drop kick. Before <laughs> yeah, that, like, it was yeah, all punches. Yeah. Well, people, yeah,
1: like, you, people like, you don't understand, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Why ain't they flipping?"
3: People get that way about Ric Flair a lot, right? Right. Um, Because at the end of the day, Ric Flair didn't do a whole lot. Ric Flair chopped and he sold and he would do, you know, a a vertical suplex or something. But he wasn't—he wasn't a work rate guy Mm -hmm. because before work rate was a thing. And so people, you know, people get that way about him a lot too. But I don't know. There's definitely a homework aspect to watching that stuff, I think. But I—but what I dig about it is seeing. You know where, like all of my favorite guys today, like where they're pulling stuff from. It's mm. so, like watching mm. all that old stuff allowed me to be able to watch AJ Styles and be like, "Oh shit, that is a flare thing. That guy's just doing a flare bit right now." You know.
1: So tell me about your particular fandom. Oh, Like okay. when did you start? What got you into wrestling? Yeah,
3: the my earliest wrestling memories are Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart, mm-hmm. um, and that they were my and they're still a couple of my favorites um, ever, and you know, I was born in the 80s and so, I was born in the 80s and living through the 80s and the 90s, it's, those were wrestling boom periods mm-hmm. I and mean, it was, it wasn't just, wrestling wasn't just big, it was part of the pop, it was part of the pop culture pantheon at the time. So, it was always around but, um, I don't know, like in high school, I was in high school during like Attitude Era and right. Monday Night Wars and stuff and I wasn't super into it because all the worst, so I grew up in the South um, and all of the worst guys I knew were super into. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Um, and, yeah, like so, so it kind of put me off a little bit. I always hmm. kind of kept a toe in because I liked um, the cruiserweights in WCW. Right. um But I, I fell off, and I didn't really fall in headfirst into wrestling fandom and just going all in on it until I was working at Marvel Comics as an mm-hmm. editor. And for so long, comics had been like my main nerdy thing, and mm-hmm. I was working there, and... It was a lot to work there, and then go out to a bar and talk to people about comics, and then go home and read comics. And do you mind uh, just a
1: really, really briefly which comics? Like, went at what period were you working at? Marvel? I worked
3: at Marvel from two thousand five to two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Tight. Yeah, and so I worked. On, so I started around House of M, mm-hmm. uh, and I worked on Civil mm-hmm. War. Nice. And I left. To, <laughs> Those are
1: names y'all will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's big stuff that's been moving. It's big stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. Stuff. And so I, I left, and I worked. Um, and so I actually left marvel and went to wwe and started working on the website there and oh i didn't know you worked for WWE. yeah man i worked there for a couple of years and and i just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this stuff and I, although i had to unlearn a lot of things like assumptions that i had about wrestling mm-hmm. to actually get to the point where i'm at now which is mm-hmm. not that i'm not i'm not claiming i'm an expert or anything but i definitely know more now than i used to right and Part of my journey as a wrestling fan was disabusing myself of the idea that wrestling should be graded by metrics that are in any way similar to any other, other art form. Because that's it room. cannot. It should not. It cannot. It, and, like that way leads madness and hurt <laughs> feelings and like expectations of shit that's just never going to happen, you know. Because like, like at its core, I mean, and to do like the cheap plug, I talk about this in my book, The Comic Book Story of Professional Wrestling on sale later this year. Yes. Uh, wrestling's a con. You know, like at, at its core, it's a con and it's a trick. And it's not about giving you satisfying character development or a narrative arc or anything like that. Although that stuff can happen, and when it does, that's neat. It's really just about getting you to give us money so you can come back next week. Right. Mm. You know? And like and that's it. Like there's there's no other concern beyond that. And so if you go into it expecting you know, the the Roman Reigns character arc that is going to make you feel things and cry. No, we're
1: I, I, Look, I've turned into Zen. I'm like you, where I'm just like, just pour the stories on me. Yeah. Just pour them on me. Let the men fight.
4: <laughs> That's what yeah. I say.
0: You know, it, it's tough for me because I think that when we did come up in the 80s and 90s, it was a time where they had figured out that the way that they could get money from us was to have good character development, have good mm-hmm. stories. It came to logical conclusions, you have know? you watched any of that stuff lately? Uh, I watched some of
3: it. Anyway, I do I, I, I do there i might be some rose colored glasses.
0: I do go back <laughs> and works. watch like like one of my favorite things to watch on the uh, on the network are the uh, rivalry series where oh, they'll yeah. show like mm. um you know like, for instance I don't think they actually have this one but it'd be like Jake the Snake and Rick Martel and sure. they just do a retelling of their story and I'm like oh I do remember these moments. And but that's
3: all produced, right? That's of all, course. That's all like the the WWE official sure, memory sure, of what sure. happened. Sure sure Absolutely. Which is, is, that's not that's not like a knock on WWE but that's just that's the nature of what they do right Right.
1: okay cause I, we wanted to do a little bit of getting to know you yeah. for um, our listeners who might not have I feel like we're
3: old friends now yeah right? we're
0: cousins basically yeah 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 kissing cousins well, Yeah, could yeah. Yeah. there's lots of kissing that goes on here you guys just can't <laughs> see it
1: it's a makeout party it is what up <laughs> so aside from making out um your primary <laughs> focus is centered around new japan that's i mean it you're, you're well a, you're a big new japan
3: guy i'm a bigger new japan guy that's what i'm that's what i'm digging right now um yeah. you know and like i also i see i see mike at uh pwg shows yep, sometimes absolutely. And, i
1: try i'm poor
3: oh uh, it's expensive dude it I is big, expensive. i went for the first time in like a year like a week or two ago just so it's gotten so expensive yeah it's crazy it, it's
1: legit easier for me to get into lucha underground shows
3: so yeah well yeah i it's it's tough too because you know New Japan started coming here for shows and mm-hmm. those they're so much cheaper. Like I'm going to the Cow Palace uh, next month and it was so much cheaper than PWG. I
1: yeah and I uh, come more comfortable. Um, but so <laughs> in the spirit of friendship and yeah. getting to know you, um, we're going to go ahead and start with some New Japan dope this week. So we just wrapped up the 2018 Best of the Super Juniors tournament this year. Um, Hiromu Takahashi took home the trophy and then, and then immediately broke it with his crazy ass, God, I love him. If we're not familiar with him, yeah. i turn to you. What should we know about Takahashi?
4: He's nuts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's nuts. <laughs> so he's part of Los Un de Japón, which is the Japanese chapter of a Mexican stable. It was, I believe, founded by... Um, Andrade Almas. Yep. Different... Really. Yeah. yeah so as all La these Sombra. times when people
1: are like, "Oh, yeah. you jacked the stable stuff," it's like, no, it was his. Wow. It would be like if people. It would be like you know if if uh, when Finn started doing the like ba- Baller Club, people were like, "Oh, you're ripping off Bullet Club." Yeah. It's like no, I did the thing. That was
3: that was almost as he was La Sombra in um, in CMLL um, mm-hmm. and. When Tatuya Naito went over there for his for not his I initial see. seasoning, but just to kind of like reset because sure. people had turned on him in a very like Roman Wayne Roman Ro, Wayne's Roman Reigns <laughs> esque way. Your your friendship thing screwed me up. Look, Why we, do we will do, do a Roman Wayne's
4: here. We're Woman <laughs> Wayne's. With
3: it. Uh, his wrestling style is all about putting his own body in danger. And oh he wow! Will, he will fling himself at you. Have you not seen him? You're saying I have not seen. Oh, him. Oh
0: my god! So he's the dude who carries him.
1: around Daryl. So you've seen the a Daryl?
0: Darryl? I do not know about Ugh. a Daryl. I don't know who Daryl is. Sir, you want me to? Um, <laughs>
3: no, you're new. Please, we need he started, to give me. He started carrying this stuffed cat, and it's like an anime character, I guess. From I don't know what. Do you know?
1: I don't. Oh. I only know um, that my darling Lindsay Kelk got me a mini one.
3: Oh, wonderful! <laughs> she's really good at punches. Yeah, she's from this. He's from this anime, um, apparently that's popular, and. He started bringing him to the ring, and he named him Daryl. And he would like do like their like signature fist bump thing with Naito with the cat.
1: And his name is Daryl Takahashi. Like, yeah. you know.
4: Oh, like they're married. Bad Luck Falla. No, it's like his okay. son. I think. It's a,
1: yeah, yeah. And there's like a comp, there's like Daryl and there's like another. There's
3: like another Daryl.
1: Yeah, it's a whole thing. Daryl also sometimes wrestles. This is a Bad black Luck Falla
3: tore him up in the G1 last year. And I it was talked like about that. The, oh,
1: I do remember this.
0: Okay. How could you
4: forget this? I yeah. cried. I, you <laughs> exactly. know, I
0: don't. I don't get a chance to watch enough. Uh, New Japan, and it's mostly because I don't have Access TV in my cable package, and I don't have a subscription to uh, the World. Thing, yeah, Japan, the World. world. Yeah. yeah, that's so, how like, I do it. So uh, when when stuff happens and people tell me it's great, I go check it out, especially like matches. But I don't, I don't have a, a, a strong familiarity with these. Yeah, performers. he's not. But like
3: lately, they've been doing like so. He's he's this wild card. And he came in and he just set the division on fire. And he's a junior heavyweight, so he's tiny and. Then he kind of transitioned into just like this comedy role like from the Daryl stuff. And then like for months, the whole bit was just him taking punches in the jaw from everybody. Mm -hmm. Kushida, Marty Scurll, Will Ospreay. They were all just... Now, in matches or at least in promos? In promos and stuff. Like after matches, he would come out and they would have a confrontation in the ring. and (laughs) And he'd take a punch in the jaw. And so him winning the G1... It's a return to form. It's uh, a really kind of a big thing. deal because yeah, he's been not such a comedy. The BOSJ, the, the yeah, BOSJ,
1: but, BOSJ. but um, it, no, no, no. It's it just it's kind of a big deal because he's been such a comedy character.
0: But you know that to me sounds like character development. Yeah, right? which is what to me gives us the most satisfying wrestling. Even though it's not, like as you said, it's not what the business is based on. I mm-hmm. feel like that's what gives us the most satisfying wrestling as viewers is when there is some historical context to why
3: a character does a thing. Totally.
1: So, how did you feel about the overall matches this year? All of the matches from the best, best of Super, Super Junior?
3: Juniors, you know? I didn't watch everything. I, that was my original plan and it kind of <laughs> it kind of broke me uh, <laughs> because there was, <laughs> because there was a lot and also Fair. the B-block was weighted way heavier in terms of dudes that I wanted to be seen. How
0: many best blocks are, are there, Two.
3: Okay. Um, and, yeah, like, B-Block had not only, um, Hiromu, but also Kushida, who I think is the best wrestler in New Japan, regardless of size. Uh, Sho and Yo are kind of like these pretty boy junior heavyweights, and Sho is, like, the power one, he's the blonde one, and they were in separate blocks, and Sho just... Stole the show in every single <laughs> ma- in every single match he was in, um, and he's put he's been putting a lot of mass. and I don't know. It was great to see that guy in singles matches for the first time, um, and so that was one of my favorite things about the tournament. Honestly, mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> man, wrestling's so good. Wrestling's okay, um, so New Japan also has a big show coming up on the 9th it is called Dominion. It's mm-hmm. going to have a number of matches that everyone is looking forward to, including the big match, which everyone everyone's looking forward to, which is Omega versus Okada for the IWGP world title. Do you think that Kenny needs to win the title as the natural conclusion to this cycle?
3: Are you ready for the take? Oh I need the take. I don't even think he should win the title. <gasps> I don't think he should ever win the title. No, I I think Kenny Omega is great. I love him, but I think that him never being able to seal the deal against Okada with a title on the line is a way more interesting story piece than him just winning it. Right. I don't think he is Okada. I don't think he's. I don't think he can fill those shoes. I think he's a foil, right? He's yeah. like a natural foil. He that, shouldn't be the guy. If he never beats Okada for the title. And he's beaten him before. Like, he beat him in the G1 last year, right? If he never beats him for the title, that is a storyline they can come back to every year until those guys stop wrestling.
1: Right, or until... Which, unfortunately, what Kenny... Something that Kenny has that Okada does not is the idea that, like... Well, I mean, I guess they both do, but the idea that, like... Everyone at any second is when's Kenny gonna move? When's Kenny right. he gonna come back to the U.S.? When's Kenny gonna come back to the U.S.? So as soon as he wins, the immediate thought of thought is like, okay, well he's gonna have this for a year and then he's moving, right, or whatever. And so, I do appreciate that they have kept it off of him. As mm-hmm. much as I love him, um, I appreciate that they've kept him kept it off of him for so long. I'm a little
3: tired of seeing these matches. Like this will be the fourth one, right? Yeah. Uh, and, like, and they're all really good. um but I don't know, they're and all like,
1: amazing. They're, yeah, and and, and they're really, they're really, all I stars. don't I
3: don't know if
0: any of them will ever top that first one, though. I, I like the
3: second one better.
0: I, I the reason I like the, I like the Broadway better. The only reason i I, <laughs> I don't. and it's and it's the same reason why I think uh I, I think that push a Ts. This song isn't as good as Drake's.
3: It's, oh, it's, I saw, you say, I saw you say that on Twitter, yeah. and like I, I don't know enough to get into it with you, but I'm fascinated.
0: To <laughs> I, I had to this. delete all that shit because like, I was I'm getting way too much flack. like my notifications were just out of control. I'm from Virginia, so I am a partisan
3: individual in this conflict. But give me
1: the yeah, give me the give these nerds want
0: it. It's about it's. It's about not only the competition just between songs or between matches. It's also the competition of, like, them versus our expectations. Mm. I oh. think that first match, there were no, like, i won't to say no expectations, but not expectations of something that huge. I see. And now in every match after that, you're having to fight those expectations. Yeah. And I feel like in, in, the, in the Drake and Pusha beef, like, Pusha dropped a few lines, and then Drake dropped this hammer that nobody was expecting. And I feel like the way that the way that Drake uh, increased the amount of aggression Pusha, I don't know if 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 that if it's possible to increase it again on that scale.
1: Right, because then after Drake was like, oh, then Pusha had to be like, your daddy don't love you when you don't see
3: your kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe he like was just a wrestling fan of me, but I think that's perfect. I think that's <laughs> the that, great yeah. It is off the fucking nuclear ball. It was heel or. shit. It was, it was certainly it. heel shit. Yeah. 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 Pusha I mean, yeah. That, what do you expect from that guy? He no. had you know, his entire career just rapping about cocaine. <laughs> what do you want from him? Right. But if it was i I'm getting really fired. No,
4: no.
1: Because if it was kayfabe, (laughs) it would be one thing where it would be like, look, if that's your next move, if your next move is, you know hey Randy Orton you shit in bags or like
4: whatever Dope. I'm
3: on board I'm like, whenever, like whatever feud that is I'm on board it's okay because it's
1: fine because everyone agrees with it but they did not agree with this this okay this is now the niches
3: oh I love it really
1: podcast. getting really specific I love yeah, it, I love it.
0: comic books rap. let's do it man Ooh. let's go
1: oh I'm, I'm gonna make this as let's black and nerdy as fuck.
3: Uh, cool <laughs> I'll do my best to keep up <laughs> I, I'm white if you I'm, can't hey, do it hey, I know there's it's an audio podcast what I'm a white man well, it
1: turns out you're doing a you're doing real well, Am I doing okay? Yeah, you're kind of killing it. Ah, awesome. <laughs> you're doing that's, real good. That's the
3: best thing I'm going to hear this week. I'm going to uh, leave now.
1: <laughs> and so, um, we've also got Chris Jericho's match against um, Tetsuo Naito, as you mentioned before. Um, for Wait, the what's I- black
3: about that? <laughs> we're back to wrestling. Oh, oh we're back to <laughs> wrestling.
4: Bring it back. Bring it back. I'm
1: oh, right, right. we just pepper the black stuff okay, in. Okay, we just mix yeah. like, it in. All right. And all right. then Hal goes, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. We we taught him the Black National Anthem one. That's, it's a thing. Um, so Jericho's got a match against Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Do you want Jericho to win this first encounter to get something more substantial than a one-off? Do you not want him to get it? Like, what do you...
3: Jericho's in my top five. Jericho's, All time? Yeah, All time. absolutely. 100%. Uh, he's one of my absolute favorite wrestlers. I love that he's bouncing back and forth between WWE and New Japan. I love. I him love just... that he's
1: like one of the few that can. Yeah,
3: yeah. probably, only, probably yeah. Only I mean, guy can. the only. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he throughout his career has made sure that he's got separate shit going on. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, it's fun to make fun of Fozzy. I do it all the time, but it's. <laughs> but you're a, you're a metal guy. Though, I am a metal guy. Right? Yeah, so yeah. I don't I don't have yeah. the
0: context of what their music sounds it's, like or doesn't you know, it's sound.
3: It's it's an Iron Maiden riff.
0: I see. I see.
1: I used to be really into metal. Yeah, they. Chris Jericho, and that is a fine reason to go see
3: Fozzie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm he's one of my favorites of all time. That being said, one of the best things about Chris Jericho, and this isn't just true in New Japan, this is true in like every single one of his runs when he comes back to WWE. That guy never needs to win another match in his entire career, he's that good. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he got shellacked by I mean, it, it wasn't like a one sided match, but Kenny beat him decisively yeah. Yeah. at mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom. There, there wasn't like a, a um, a controversial finish. Right, right? Uh, he looked great. It looked. It was amazing. It was my favorite match in the card. It's maybe. It's probably my. It's probably my favorite match all year. Still, um, that like he he lost, but nobody thinks about that. Right, it doesn't matter because he's Chris Jericho, and he went to the. He got all drunk and went to the lake and cut a promo with a turtle. Did you watch this? <laughs> yeah. No. it's bananas. I no, I don't. Oh, it's bananas. bananas! you are one of the greatest performers in the world today. One of the biggest stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but to me, you mean as much as this turtle.
1: (laughs) Um, Speaking with the rivalries outside of WWE's main shows, oh, one of NXT's biggest rivalries brewing is Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream. Even if you haven't gotten much to see to this build, how are y'all looking forward to this match at TakeOver in a few weeks? To speak for myself, this is the match I am looking forward to, I think, the most since Gosh, since Wrestle Kingdom? Like, I am really... This is a big... I love the Vatine Dream's work. It's been proven that, like, he's not only great at character development, but he's also great in the ring. Patrick Clark fucking got it. And then He's super young,
3: too, right? Yeah, he's like 22. He's
1: so young. He has so much time. Um, And then there's Ricochet, who is Ricochet. So, yeah, I am really looking forward to this match as NXT, so I know this isn't going to be one of those ones where I'm looking forward to it. At the end, I'm like... Tight nut kicks. Um
0: <laughs> so
1: I'm I'm ready for this match.
0: As much as I want to see this match, I do I do feel like it might be a bit of a style clash. Mm. Um
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry. Wow. Um you know Ricochet is is known, I would say, mostly for the athleticism he mm-hmm. brings, which is off the charts. And and for my experience, watching Velveteen Dream, it's more about his like work in the classic wrestling work sense of, of his his emotional manipulation inside of a match. And so, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the balance would have to be mm-hmm. to make that like a great match.
1: I get that. What do you think?
3: Ricochet I think, is the best high-flyer wrestler in the world, Mm -hmm. bar none, Mm -hmm. right? I I think he... Wipes the floor with your Ospreys, or um, I don't know who, who like who else? Flip Gordon, or like like wh- whoever's the guy right now that people are pointing at, like, oh, look at the way he does all these flips.
1: I th- and none of them would disagree with you if you asked them.
3: I don't think so. And like I, I think that the reason why though is like the like the kind of thing like the concern that you're expressing of, you know, how are these guys going to mesh? And like you know, Ricochet does all this like high flying stuff, and he's all over the bouncing all over the place like a pinball. What makes Ricochet better than all those guys is that he can work with everybody. Mm. And I trust, I don't know, just like years of seeing that guy at PWG. Absolutely. Absolutely everybody. I think that he can, you know, if Velveteen Dream is as good as y'all say it, say he is, which everybody says it.
1: I think that once you see some of, like, Velveteen Dream's work, he'll be like, oh, shit. I believe it. Um, But yeah, and I, I unfortunately, when it's like, that's why I'm, I don't know, you, uh, I never assume anyone listens to the podcast, but something I talk about all the time. I very firmly believe in what I call the doctrine of two dudes.
3: I I like it already. Two dudes! (laughs) I'm on board.
1: (laughs) Two dudes! Like, a a lot of these matches where there are a lot of people in them and Um, there's craziness and there's ladders and there's all of these things, these gimmick matches, they are very, very fun. But ultimately, what I wanna see is two people building a story in that ring with their bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Two
3: dudes.
1: I think it's fair. Um, and I think that there are no better two dudes right now to build that story, so I'm super excited. So we're going to take a look now at one of the biggest things to happen on Raw and SmackDown. Seth Rollins was set to defend his IC title against Elias, but Jinder came out, and then Roman came out, and play as... Oh this just God. became a tag team match. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Jesus are... Christ. Me and my wife were like watching... Raw. She watched Raw. Yeah, she'll watch it when I'm like and then she'll yeah. go to sleep. You know what I mean? Like while it's on. But I get it. we both we called it all beat for beat. Like she call co- like she called one beat, I called the next beat. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was like, damn, this is sad that they like twenty years doing this same shit where you know to start the opening of raw or smackdown or whatever there's two guys having an issue and two guys come out and then play it's a tag team man just like <laughs> jesus christ man you got to give us as viewers i think a little bit more uh credit i guess yeah. is the word this is the first
3: time i watched raw and yeah, smackdown for yeah. over a year yeah. i haven't watched i I, mm-hmm. I just started watching pay-per-views again right. like with wrestlemania um and i realized oh man this is that's the way to do it. That's we the way to enjoy it. Just the watch TV. the pay-per-views. Just watch the pay-per-views. Just, yeah. They save the best matches. You don't have to watch all this stuff. They other do those
4: stuff. great the packages. The amazing video
3: packages. Yeah, like, that's the way to do it. And I was really irritated. I was like, oh, my God, God I got another. I was watching the Hulu edit, so I was like, uh, another hour and a half of this. Um, <laughs> but but then, lo and behold, that match was dope. It was a good match. I thought it was like And, like, honestly, that's that's the most important thing to me. It was, yeah. like, we got to really, like, you know, and. You can't grade it on the same scale that you're grade in like best of Super Junior's matches or matches the Dominion this weekend right. or something. I dug the match a lot. Um, I, I agree that it's you know it's the Teddy Long. Thing. The the other the other part, I
0: still desperately want them to to correct course with Roman Reigns somehow. But mm-hmm. it seems like the way that they're yeah. doing that once again is trying to like get him a little bit of that old Shield heat and and and. What they're doing now with Seth is working so well. They keep wanting to rub Roman against him so so that he gets some baby face heat. And it's fucking working and it bothers me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That they're, they're going back to this well again and it's working. So that's you know, the other reason I was I, I had a very cynical uh How good is Elias look on though? this match. Elias? What do I say? Uh, Elias?
3: Elias. I say it Elias. <laughs> uh Elias Samson. How good is he? Um I don't
0: know. I I think he's a great character. Yes. And I think um, the way that they're developing his relationship to the fans is amazing. Yeah. I don't know about him in the ring yet, though. Even though I've seen, I feel like a half a dozen matches of his. I don't. I still don't have a good sense of how good he is in terms of telling a story
1: yeah, in the ring. He's good enough. I really. I, I I need to see. As with anyone, like two dudes. I, yeah, two dudes. 25 minutes, show me what you're working with.
0: Wow. 25 minutes? Yes. I think that's a lot. Ooh, Jesus Christ. No, no,
1: no. I, but I, I think that that's when I really can be like, okay, I know you now. I see you. Like, 20 minutes, two dudes. I'm like, Yo, if you can keep me for twenty minutes, two dudes, I know that you can stop.
0: I love it. Let's take this I love all it. out it's of perfect. context. It's <laughs> perfect. This this is a clip for for Twitter, Julian.
4: Just give me <laughs> two dudes. <laughs> Show me what you're working with. It's two 20 minutes, in and out.
3: That's minutes. it. I love it. It's perfect.
1: Shake it fast. Watch yourself. <laughs> Show me what you're working with. Two dudes, and on to SmackDown. Oh, Becky Lynch took on Charlotte Flair, and Becky got a clean tap-out win. How do y'all feel about Becky finally getting a win? Do you feel good about it? Do you feel sad that Charlotte lost? What are you thinking?
3: I'm not a big Becky fan. I think, mm. Char- I think Charlotte is the best mm. in the division, and I don't think that I. Like I've never like I don't think Becky. Did you watch all
1: NXT, Becky, or is yeah, that still? Yeah,
3: okay? I did. Um, I. Yeah, I don't think Becky's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I I don't know. Like, her stuff always feels really dancy to me,
4: hmm. um,
3: and I felt that way about this match. Um, and a lot of points of it, it just felt like, oh, well, here's the point where we roll through and do this thing that's complicated, but doesn't fee- It doesn't feel like they're in competition with yeah. each other trying to win a it, it match. It loses the verisimilitude for me gotcha. a lot of times, Becky hmm. matches. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I... I don't have real people, it's WWE. People lose all the time. Win loss records don't matter, really. No, not. So it it, it doesn't upset me, but I, you know,
0: I'm a Charlotte fan. I'm in Charlotte's corner. I think she, you think, Becky, Becky definitely needed
3: it. So I Becky was. Becky
1: needed glad that she this.
3: Got it. I hated that they hugged after the match. <laughs> they they tease, te- right? They teased like they were going to be some kind of issue because Charlotte was like, I Protecting her arm it. and like pulling away. I was like, oh, good. Smack her. Hit her. Somebody, <laughs> somebody hit somebody. <laughs> Last thing I was people showed respect after a match. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, we might be enemies. <laughs> we, we might wind up being enemies.
3: Well, I think he
0: just turned heel on you. I, I think he just think... turned heel
1: on me. If you've got any thoughts on what we discussed so far, us know about them at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and Instagram up next we're going to get into the rest of the week in wrestling that's coming up on tights and fights <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it
4: oh, oh, good man, stuff. every
0: time uh, well I hope that you're enjoying this podcast you're listening to as much as we are pretending
2: to but anyway why not listen to another podcast too it's called the flop house and on our podcast uh we have recently watched a movie often a bad movie and we review it on our podcast but mainly talk about other stuff and i don't know hang out
3: it's all about hanging out feeling like you're you're being with your best friends who are your best friends us three dan mccoy (laughs) Emmy award-winning writer for the daily show Stuart wellington owner of the best bar in brooklyn hinterlands and elliot kalen
2: former Emmy-winning head writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, former head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, uh, so many things, author of the upcoming children's book, All Christmas, right, that's Dog. enough.
3: The Elliot's credits just go on and on.
2: Yeah, but if you like the idea
0: of listening to three funny guys talk about bad movies, then why not come over and listen to The Flop House?
2: It's uh, available at MaximumFun.org or wherever fine podcasts are found. So get out of here. Tights and Bites
1: Podcast. Tights and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford and I'm joined in the booth by Mike Eagle and,
3: and Aubrey Citizen.
1: Getting to Raw, we now know that Baron Corbin has got himself a new job. Due to several questionable judgments made recently on Raw by general manager Kurt Angle, I'm going to establish a new checks and balances system. Therefore, I hereby appoint Baron Corbin as the new constable of Monday Night Raw. Constable. <laughs> Consider him my personal representative to assist you in your overall duties. Sincerely,
0: Stephanie McMahon.
1: Snitch is dick. Like, let's be fair. Constable is a fantastic word.
0: It is a it's good a word. word. It's a
1: great word. So Constable Corbin, he spent his first night making sure that Kurt Hawkins lost his 200th match.
3: Love it. I love there's a villainous cop on Raw now. Right? And it's amazing, yeah. They
1: kind of, he's they, like, no, he's like, uh, He's. Like, oh, God, what's that guy on, uh, Um, not Little John. What's that dude on? Um, uh, uh, Are you talking about
3: Robin Hood?
1: Yeah, that guy. He's like uh, the Sherwood. Oh, the,
3: sher- the, not, the Sheriff, Sheriff of, of Nottingham. Sheriff
1: of Nottingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, I suck at words. He's like the Sheriff of Nottingham. I love it.
0: Look. <laughs> what? If you're not going to put the man um, in a round hard hat and a long coat, and give him some long stick with which to beat people. Oh,
1: my with. God. And he can just, like, be twirling you it like a fucking you. Officer Krepke? Do why are they no, not Krepkeying this man? Officer they... Krepke. Right. Like, what are we
0: doing? If not, why would you call him, like, the... <sighs> It's a constable, he has to look like a fucking Keystone hey, cop,
3: give it, man. Give it a week, give it a week. Yeah. No, I do. I would have a big gold star, uh, chest, a big sheriff star.
1: Yeah, and take one of those little hats you get at Dodger Stadium and yes. just take the LA off of it and put like an, a sheriff's <laughs> thing on it. Officer Corbin. And
0: Julian, stop trying to make me hope. You know you know how I feel about that.
1: <laughs> There's no hope in dope. Um. No. <laughs> so moving on, eventually Corbin will be who we need him to be. And also, he was like, Houston, don't get no tacos? Okay, Corbin. So here's a common trope in wrestling. The contract signing gone wrong. This time, Paige had Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles sign their agreement backstage and kept the whole thing to less than five minutes. Paige is my favorite fucking GM. Was this enough of a change of pace to justify still having this cliched-ass segment?
3: That shit started, and I turned to my wife, and I said, the... The contract signing is my least favorite WWE trope. It's, it's, it's the worst. Is, is my it's my least favorite. They are never interesting. They are always dull. And, you know, it's Chekhov's table that mm-hmm. shit always gets broken. Yeah. Except last night or two nights ago. Whenever. Whenever it was you was last night. This. I think it was,
0: oh, two nights ago.
3: You're right.
1: No, yeah, it's fine. They know that we took on Wednesdays. It was different enough,
3: man, I think. And what saved that segment, though, was they would just cut to weird ass Shinsuke Nakamura just yeah, the, be- faces, the faces the yeah, face Oh I'll just put what a face a weirdo. here Yeah, yeah. Isn't he's so great? strange yeah. He's great and they would like they would cut to him and he'd be making some weird face and they'd cut to noted angry redneck hate <laughs> styles and like I don't know like I like that feud a lot too because it's one of those things like it reminds me of years ago when they were doing um Randy Orton versus Christian and just to look at those guys you'd be like oh well Christian's the baby look at this look at this evil mean bastard he has to fight right but it wasn't that was, right. it was the opposite I feel kind of the same way about this that like AJ should be the villain but he's not and I'm fine with it Shinsuke is clearly having so much fun
1: um yeah I loved it and I did love every time you turned to Nakamura and he's just like making a making a like wacky face and you turned to Paige and she's like why am I here?
4: And then he <laughs> turned to AJ
1: and he's like, the gay community. Um, <laughs> so, um, happy pride, you guys. And now we're going to do a quick fashion corner. Mike,
0: fashion corner. What
1: did you think of Bobby Lashley's attire when he got that promo? I felt like,
0: like he was maybe dressed to accept an award at a fundraising golf tournament. I feel like is, okay. is the look that he was going for. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh he was he was uh picking up his stepdaughter from tennis practice
1: Oh, it's maybe. kind of that like respectable Negro. But he's got like a he's got like a
3: he's got like a business job during the week, so right. like he's got like suits and stuff he wears. So like he doesn't wear those clothes very often.
0: Right, right. The, yeah. Casual Friday. Yeah, man. At the investment bank.
1: And maybe he only buys them like once a year because he doesn't yeah. use them very yeah. often. Because the rest of the year he's probably
0: like. These were these were a sale a
3: sale at Kohl's.
0: But he was, outfit was so like excited when he was put this stuff on in his bedroom. He was like, Hey,
1: I definitely feel like that. No, this was definitely an outfit that John Cena helped him. Pick
0: out.
3: Oh,
1: <laughs> I like the
3: I oh. like the pristine no logo hat.
0: Oh yes, it was great. Bizarre, so, no? so
3: weird, <laughs> have it's we so seen, strange. Have we seen
0: Bobby Lashley bareheaded for even one moment yet?
3: Oh, it is, if we have I don't oh, know. oh, you mean like without the sweatband?
0: Without here? without yeah without with no hat no sweatband. I don't think is there here, something I don't think weird
3: going on with
0: his head? No no. What
3: could he? I don't know. Julian said Huh? Seriously, like uh, I found out what this was. Okay, so like the reason Bobby Lashley has tattooed eyebrows and the reason he wears the headband is because Alopecia? he suffered some like weird vitamin deficiency when he left WWE. What? And he sweats a lot, of course, and your eyebrows are meant to keep the sweat out of your eyes. So he actually has to wear the sweatband so he can actually see what he's doing when he's in the ring. What? Which is, I wish he talked about that instead of his stupid sister. I sacrificed my body <laughs> also, to this business. I'm sorry, look at Bobby Lashley. What fucking vitamin was that guy not getting enough yeah. of?
0: Yeah, he was maybe getting too many other kinds of vitamins. vitamins. Yeah, yeah, too many vitamins. Too many many muscle vitamins.
1: (laughs) Bray and Matt are a thing. Also, (laughs)
0: also not on the Hulu edit. What? Wow, Wow. the tag champions are not on the WWE approved Hulu edit Mm. of Raw.
1: Uh, wow. Is the B team gonna get you interested enough to pay attention to them, or McIntyre and Ziggler, or I love Mac I don't McIntyre know, man, KFC, or what else the fuck they're gonna do? <laughs> like, what other, what can you do?
0: I don't know, man. <sighs> uh, I'm I just oh, been real bummed pissed. by booking lately because I feel like the B team could have worked if they positioned them as baby faces but they don't.
3: Are they not baby faces? No, they're not.
0: And I they're, couldn't tell from a day. But, they but, are
3: in my heart.
1: They're underdogs. People yeah, like them. Yeah,
0: but they don't... They don't, They don't. don't. If if you want them to be underdogs, you have to position them against strong heels. Yes. They had them at the end of the Battle Royal going against Rhino and... Um, and Slater. And Slater, who are other underdogs. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... It's such a vague position for them to be I in. I can't believe
3: that's still going on, by the
0: way. Right. That,
3: that was just like... <laughs> Remember how over
0: they they were. Really over you. know, like...
1: Rhino. Rhino wanted to be in politics. It didn't work. Oh, I forgot about that. What are you going to do? He was going to
3: privatize all the pools. (laughs) (laughs) How evil is that? (laughs) All the public pools. Sorry, children.
1: These pools are mine now. My name is Rhino. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) He's literally like... But please, Mr. Rhino. Yeah, he's like it's a, so hot.
3: He's like a weird, very <laughs> wide Monopoly man. Right? We
1: just want to swim. He's so wide. He's extremely if wide. You want, he's if you wanted to swim, man. your family should have owned a business. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, now, i uh, you have had to sit through recaps of Raw and SmackDown. We're going to bookend this with another look at Dominion in New Japan. Cool. Rey Mysterio is going to make his long to New Japan debut. I'm so fucking ready. Um, Did you say debut? Deboot.
3: Deboot. Get boot.
1: <laughs> Get debut. <laughs> um, he's going to be teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi um, and Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. That's the only way you can say that name. Yeah. There is no <laughs> other way to say it. Jushin Thunder Liger against Cody Hangman Page and Marty Scroll. How excited are you to see what Mysterio is about to do in this New Japan ring? Pretty
3: excited, although it's a little bittersweet because I had, I was at the Long Beach show and I was right. I, I was ready to see him there against Liger in a singles match and um, you know it's the same way WWE has their tropes that they lean on like the tag team match with like the opponents and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh, New Japan does too and they they build their cards so that there's like three or four. Title matches at the top, like for the big shows, and then the rest of them are these big, kind of clusterfuck six and eight man tag matches. And they're fun, and I'm stoked I, to see what they And, Rey and Mysterio. I know, yeah, and I
1: know I'm trying, they're trying to get everyone and get their shit yeah, in. Yeah,
3: and I appreciate all that, but I would much rather see Rey Mysterio in a sink. Two dudes. Two dudes. Two, two dudes. dudes. I see, see look,
1: I, look, I'm going around this great, beautiful booth of ours, and every person that comes in this booth, I am converting them to the doctrine of two dudes.
3: I'm with you. I'm there.
1: What is your pitch for someone whose primary wrestling consumption is? WWE to check out what is happening in New Japan.
3: Oh, interesting. Um, you know, so... Give me your elevator pitch. Give me your <clears> high <throat> concept. Give it to me. <laughs> I, I wipe the sweat off my brow I get ready for it. I, um, the thing that I like about New Japan is it's just wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're there are you know the backstage interviews and like the post the post the post game interviews and the press conferences and stuff like that but you don't need to watch any of that with WWE sometimes it feels essential that you watch that or at least watch the very excellently produced packages and also
1: they will basically not let you not watch it in order to get the rest of yeah. it and there is obviously when it comes to the bullet club stuff and it comes to the, the being the elite but that's stuff they do on their own as a way to bridge all of the work they do between a lot of different and- Company. It's
3: also not necessary. I don't watch BND. It's D. not League. necessary. Um, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything, really. Uh, because, again, like, what I like, my favorite thing about wrestling are the matches. And if you feel that way, New Japan's a really great thing to check out. WWE has an empire of content, and it can feel overwhelming at times. It's much easier to kind of check in with New Japan. And, like, you don't even need to watch the full shows. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it. Don't watch All of Dominion. It'll probably be, like, four hours, and the first... Tsh- I don't know, two and a half is going to be like disposable stuff that you don't really need to watch. Um, So I think it's a much more manageable hobby.
1: Very nice. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, We're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we will have three things from the world of wrestling that y'all should know about. I know you missed this. Um, Up next on Tights and Fights.
3: Stop podcasting yourself. The stupid show that smart people love.
4: Find it on iTunes.
3: Or
0: MaximumFun.org. Tyson Bites
2: Podcast. Tyson Bites.
1: Welcome back to Tyson Bites. I'm Danielle Radford and I'm joined by... Mike
3: Eagle. And... Aubrey Citizen.
1: Every week we end the show. Well, not every week, but we try. End the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The three count. All right, Mike, you are up first. What would you like to put over?
0: I wish I lived in a wrestling ring only uh, because (laughs) one day I could dream of somebody answering my door or ringing my doorbell and I could greet them the way that Ricochet greeted Velveteen Dream on a recent episode of NXT. Um,
1: (laughs) You can ring my bell. Yeah. and then
0: I would, I would, I would do a ricochet, did, which is, run, and jump, and do a complete flip over the ring rope, and and, then and I'll jump out that ring. Yeah, <laughs> and finish a sentence in front of your face, on the ring ramp. If you haven't seen this, it's incredible. Uh, it should be every meme now. I don't know how it's not. <laughs> right. Um, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, you, it should be pretty easily Google Googleable now. Um, if you search. Ricochet Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. Flip greeting.
1: <laughs> Anything Ricochet can do, the dream can do better. I'm true. Oh! <laughs> That's what it sounds then like
2: when she sound- a dream sell job too with this mouth. I know makeup. dreams
1: like, oh shit. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I, I love that clip. I've watched it like a million times. All right, and Aubrey. Here's
3: 1985. <laughs> Starcade. <laughs> uh the top the top the top match on the card was Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. Uh, but my favorite match on the card, probably my favorite match of all time, was Tully Blanchard with the perfect 10, Baby Doll versus Magnum TA and oh, an shit. I quit steel cage match with the U.S. title on the line.
1: Okay, history.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes. Have you seen it? No. Oh, no. my God. You need to. It's amazing. Okay, it history. Is, it is so brutal. You, you talk about two guys. This is not just two guys having a wrestling match. These are two guys trying to murder each other. This is like, <laughs> this is, when people talk about, like, now steel cage matches have lost a lot of their luster because, you know, there, there's no blood, which, whatever your feelings on that are, um, but also just all of the mechanics of it, and people climbing out and all the, the fuckery of, like, opening the door and, like, trying to get to another, like, it's it's become a cartoon. Right. In, in the 80s, in the NWA, when you had a cage match, it was because you had two guys who needed to settle this right now in the most brutal way possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. It's not a technical wrestling match. Mm-hmm. It's just them trying to hurt each other. It's like the perfect <laughs> distillation of 80s NWA shit. It's perfect.
2: First, the challenger in the corner to my right, from Virginia Beach, Virginia, weighing in at 242 pounds the vastly popular, Magnum T.A. And now, the U.S. Heavyweight Champion from San Antonio, Texas, accompanied tonight by Baby Doll, a perfect 10, ladies and gentlemen, weighing in tonight at 235 pounds, Tully Blanchard.
3: I hope we never describe any of the women talent today as perfect The perfect special. 10, baby doll. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save it that's
1: for, so look, weird. we already have a perfect 10, 10, 10, 10. Um, and as for me, God, that's amazing. As for me to wrap this up, this is, uh, I want to say, let me look in my nerds. Um, this is from Toad Spells, because um, I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it on here yet. Uh, not very much, and there's so much happening. And so... This is a clip where Nikki Bella talks about the fact that she she's almost having one of those like but doctor I'm Paliachi moments, you know, where she's like, "Where does Nikki end and where does Nicole begin? <laughs> oh, and what have I given up for John Cena?" I always talk about the the the, the two kayfabe's. I think that she enters like a third or fourth kayfabe in this clip, um, and it's actually really really interesting. And part of why, while I do think that the breakup and everything is a work, um, I think this is what they're trying to get to, and this makes all of it worth it. And I don't care. Okay, this well, is,
0: this is about to hurt me. I can
1: tell. No, it's good
2: especially with the movement that's going on has made me finally feel like I could speak out about it like right be you no be me mean. so
4: Nikki's slogan is fearless Nikki but is Nicole fearless Nicole God. I have to say for a while she wasn't It really that's it hurts And you know, that's when they used my voice and even though it brought some sadness, but I feel like it I'm finally fearless. No, she's...
3: this is orders of magnitude more fake <laughs> than the contract signing.
0: <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it. I don't want to know all these things about these people. They're
3: not real, though. Yeah, They're not real. A, then, why then why didn't? Then why would nonsense. I want to know it? Because it. It's like an extension of the show. But it's
0: not because it doesn't shit. get resolved on a pay-per-view. <laughs> Except
4: that
1: time when John Cena proposed to Nikki. And then they told me that didn't matter three <laughs> months ago. But seriously, that that's what I loved about it. I love that they are giving the character of that version of Nicole... Um, more agency when it comes to her relationship with son John Cena, considering that she's right. like She has been written to kind of be a doormat. And so to see her not have some more agency, it, it's um, really refreshing and cool. And so that does it for Tights and Fights. This week, our hosts were Aubrey Sitterson. Thank you so much for joining Thank you for us. for having me. Mike Eagle, along with me, Danielle Radford. Is there anything y'all want to put out there for the audience?
3: Buy my
0: book. Plugs. Buy my book. Yeah, When does it come out again?
1: Buy my book.
3: October 2nd. Is it available year. for pre-order now? Of course. Okay, it's up on awesome. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. He Next br- month at comic book shops, we'll be able to pre-order it. He
0: brought week. it here and he showed us a few pages of it. It is amazing. It is so um,
3: pretty, y'all. It's the comic book story of professional wrestling. It's from the carnival days up into the present. Individual chapters on British wrestling, Mexican wrestling, and Japanese wrestling. It is fantastic. Gorgeous. Art by Chris Moreno. I cannot forget my, my super talented collaborator.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Anything for you, Mike?
0: Um I got a show in LA next Wednesday at the Union. So um if you're local to Southern California, come check that out.
1: Our producer is the man behind the glass with Style and Class, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is also the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and on Instagram if you love the show remember to hit them five stars on Apple podcasts and share us with all of your friends thank you so much to the max fun members who make this show possible we will be back next week with more you guessed it wrestling
2: maximumfund.org Org.